Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get close, get real, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable because here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thank you guys for joining us today on Conversations. We're back after a month-long, trillion-year-long, I don't know, it was a long time, hiatus. And uh, my first guest back is Lori Youngblood. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, So, uh, how was your drive in? It was good. It's very (laughs) short. Yes. No, it's super short. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a 30-hour drive or something? Uh Uh-huh. Um, flew in. Yeah, dude. Okay. So I was going to ask about the weather. Sometimes I ask about the weather and this is why I think it's a silly question because today's a nice day. Yeah. But I had, uh, I had a, uh, installation job that I was doing this last weekend and I, uh, we were doing acoustic panels like we do in the studio and I, I was waiting for burlap to, to come in. Uh-huh. It was supposed to be delivered like Wednesday of last week. It was in Oklahoma city on Wednesday. And I got it on Monday of the this week. Um, and every day, you know what they said? Weather. It In, was nice. Inclement weather. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesday was 72, sunny, not an ounce of moisture on the ground. So FedEx, not a shout out for FedEx. FedEx, you suck. <laughs> I don't even want your sponsorship if it were to happen. <laughs> anyway. All right. So good weather today. Um so tell me about yourself, Lori. First, okay, you know what? Don't I'm going to ask some specific questions. Okay. Um, so what was your what's your first memory? Hmm. My first memory. Let's see. Probably I grew up in Moore, and so I went to a private school my whole life. And so my husband now would always ask me out on dates. Like I have memories before that, but he would always ask me out, and I would didn't know he was asking me out on a date I really just thought it was lunch yeah like I thought wow this guy is really rich he is inviting me to lunch and paying every day and then finally a few months later he asked me out and we went on our first date but I have memories before that like childhood yeah probably super deep because that's fantastic that's what we do here okay and eat that mic get really in okay there it is yeah there we go because when listeners see you do it like this and listeners feel it's intimate okay and they hear you so yeah tell me I would do my best Sigmund Freud, but I can't. So tell me, <laughs> tell me your first memory as a child. Um, positive memory so that we don't okay. get dark. Yet. Okay. Positive memory. I guess a positive memory is that every time my parents were really good Christians and um, we went to church and every time the doors were open, we were at church. If it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, if they were having cleanup day, if they were having yard work day, we were there. And that was a positive memory. For yeah. You. So that's cool because I have a, on the Spiritually Wounded podcast, we have a lot of people, and that's a negative memory for you or for really? them. Yes. It's like, and this is how it says, every time the doors were open, we were at the church. And you said, every time the doors are open, we we're at the church. Yeah. I thought it was great. <laughs> so you loved it, huh? I thought it was great because I think God puts people in your lives for a reason. And I think that um, he's just done that through my whole life. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So did you, like when they were doing stuff, were you just like playing? Were there other kids there? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. There fun. were other kids there. Yeah. That's one fun. of them was my really good friend um, who we kind of lost contact, but now we're back in contact and my daughter watches her daughter. Oh, how cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That is neat. So you grew up in Moore, Oklahoma. For those who are out of, uh, not in this area, um, and you think, well, there's already enough Oklahoma. Why do we need more? That's why, because it's uh, we are in Tornado Alley, and if if there was a Tornado Alley in Tornado Alley, it would be more Oklahoma. Yes, and so, I lived right there on like Southwest Fourth and Santa yeah. Fe, so I went to that school, more Christian Academy. Yeah. So, how many houses that you've lived in have been lost? Actually, none. Wow. See? And we still have that house as a rent house. Wow. Still good. That's crazy. But you know that Plaza Towers addition right. behind there was destroyed. Yeah, that's crazy. So. Uh, when did you, now, how old were you when you, your husband was asking you out? I mean, he wasn't 16. Your husband, 16. You've been married since then? I mean, yeah. not since then. We've been like, married for 25 years in May. And that's we've awesome. been together 32 years. That's awesome. That's very similar yeah. to my wife and I. Really? Yeah. 
we we dated when we were 16 in high school yeah. and we're doing 25 years in October. Yeah. That's crazy. So you guys dated a long time. Well, did yeah. you date a long time? Yeah. We dated seven years. Yeah. We dated, well, uh, we we dated, uh, we got married at 20. Okay. So we dated for four years. But Okay. I know. was 23. He was 25. Yeah. So you were responsible. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. He was probably more responsible than me. Well, everyone would tell us, you know, especially at that time, getting married at 20, they're like, oh, you're too young. You're too young. And I'm like, well, I mean, look, what, what am I going to do? Right. Just, I'm going to wait two more years. Right. I, no. I don't think there's, I think it's not about too young. It's about maturity, right? Right. It's about understanding what you're getting into. My favorite part, maybe you will remember this because I remember this and it's been a long time. What was your biggest surprise? So you'd, you'd been with this guy for seven years and then you think, I know everything there is to know. Then you get married and you're like, what? What um, was the big surprise? I don't know if there were any surprises. Only there, there probably were surprises. Like he's super clean and organized mm-hmm. and I'm super not. Oh. Like my stuff is all over the house and his is very organized and put into place. And I just leave the lights on. He'd be like, are you going to leave that light on? <laughs> right. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. I kept going. I'm going back in there. I still do that today. I'm going to go back in there. Yeah. I, I, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> Next week. I'm going back in there. So I don't think there were any surprises. Um, when I was 21, my dad got sick and then um, my mom got sick. So I grew up, mm. my mom was bipolar, oh, wow. which, you know, you think you have a normal childhood, but what's normal? Like your mom <laughs> cleaning your closet at three o'clock in the morning because she's manic is probably not normal, but I didn't know it any was different. normal for you. It was normal for <laughs> me. So, um, so then when my dad got sick, my mom ended up freaking out because mm-hmm. she needed to be needed and I was at work and I was doing my stuff and she was home alone and she's not used to that. And so I had to take her to a mental facility. Wow. So then I had to tell dude. Who, Your husband. Who, dude is my husband. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he, I had to tell you've him. You've never heard this, right? He's a really cool dude. He's a cool dude. I never heard it. that, oh, right? N- n- never. Never. <laughs> then you say Youngblood and everybody's like, oh my gosh, I love his name. I was going to say, it's like yeah. it is either a pro wrestler, um, a, a comic book character, no doubt a comic book hero. Yeah. Dude, Youngblood. Yeah. I mean, Steven Spielberg, like he named him Shirley, right? Yeah, right. Or his mom, you know. It's, yeah, whatever. either one. Um, And so then my mom, I had to call dude and just say, hey, can you go with me to get my mom admitted? And so he was like, what? And mm. so that was a whole rude awakening. And then I became my parents' power of attorney at like 21. Golly. Yeah. So, um, and I knew nothing. So then when they called and you, they said, you know, your dad's not getting any better. You need to put him in a nursing home. Mm. So then at 21, 22, I'm going to pick out a nursing home. My mom is now living with her brother and sister-in-law because I'm like, I can't yeah. take care of her. She needs somebody there. So, uh, my aunt was so gracious and helped me out. And then, um, so I ended up moving in with dude. Yeah. So we, I ended up moving in with him, and then about mm, three or four months later, we got engaged and got married in May. Yeah. So I was twenty two when we moved in. When I moved in with him. Wow. So, man, that's what has that done to you today? Like, I think if you think back, kind of critically and just kind of objectively as a third person, and you look at how that's affected you today, what would you? I say? think it made me grow up super fast because yeah. I'm an only child. Mm. So it was just me, mm-hmm. and so. You know, when I was, and so when my aunt said, you know what, I can't really, your mom's a lot, which she is precious, the most precious person, could pray like nobody else, huge faith, um, but she's a lot. Yeah. And so um, I called her church and I'm just like, do y'all know anybody who would want to help out? And they said, you know what, we have this um, college girl going mm. to Mid-America and we think she might want to move in with you. Wow. She was from Jamaica, and so Lois moved in, and Lois was the best thing ever. Hmm. And so it was amazing to wow. have Lois. Yeah. Wow. So she worked her bachelor's and master's while living with my mom. Wow. Yeah. And she didn't pay to live there, and we didn't pay her to do anything. She just, because like well, a... my mom never drove. Oh, yeah. She never got her license. Ever? Ever. Wow. Right. How did she do anything? Like my dad did everything for but her. But like, did she ever fly anywhere? Uh, on their honeymoon, they went to Hawaii. Just a passport, I guess. Yeah. 
Well, and, and just, probably when they got married, it, it way less restrictions. Right, yeah. right. She and they got married when they were older. And so yeah. she was 31 or 30 and he was 36. Gotcha. And so my dad, so dude and I got married. My dad's still in a nursing home. He can't walk me down the aisle. Mm. So I didn't want anybody else to do it. Like I love my father-in-law, but I didn't want him to do it. Yeah. I felt like that was rude mm. and disrespectful. Yeah, so dude met me down the aisle. And so he kind of picked me up at the middle and then we walked up together. And then um, my dad died when I was 23. Mm. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So then you're going to, you know, because I tried to keep, my dad always kept my mom's stress level super low. Mm -hmm. So then I just kind of followed suit. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Bill Eisenhower and picked out a casket. And, you know, it just kind of made me grow up super fast. Like I look at my kids now who are 19 and 20 and I'm like, Wow. Yeah. They've got an easy life. No. <laughs> well, seriously, well, it's weird. It's it's kind of, I, I relate to a lot of what you're saying. Yeah. I, I've never met my father ever, so uh-huh. that's like its own little thing. But then, um, you know, my mom had some different health issues growing up, and there were my formidable years, if you will, I was, I guess, 16, 17 is uh, where things just had to adjust right. and I had to grow up. But it's funny because it's like uh, we look at our kids, you know, I've got two grown adult kids. Um, I mean, legally (laughs) and then a a 10 year old at the house. But, you know, you look at them and you think to yourself exactly what you said, like, man, they have it easy in some ways. And, and, you know, I wonder, and, and get your take on this, but I, I vacillate back and forth on whether or not I want to help them or let them help themselves. Because while yes, I did grow up fast I'm kind of okay with that. Right. It's served me well. It has definitely served me well. I feel like, you know, because of God but and because I've trusted in him, I've been pretty successful and things have not always come easy for me, but it doesn't really stress me out or get me down mm-hmm. where I think my kids do have a heart, but I'm definitely an enabler. Mm. Definitely. I do a lot for but them. But you know it. I mean, I was at the dentist the other day. I'm very self-aware. That's good. So I'm at the dentist the other day and my son had an appointment before me and I was in the waiting room and they walk him up and I hear him say, do you want to make your next appointment or do you want your mom to? Oh man. How old is he? He's 19. Okay. And he said, oh, I'll let my mom do it. And I hopped up and I peeked around the corner and I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like what? And my friend is the hygienist and she was laughing and I was just like, oh, I've got to like, let them do some things on their own. Like, yeah. Totally. That's funny. Yeah. Well, it's so, and I'm, do you, are there things that you don't tell dude about? Cause you know, he'd get on your case because of that kind of thing. Like the enabling thing. No, he doesn't really he care doesn't that care. I enable him. Yeah. Cause like I'm totally on my wife all the time about it. Does she enable? Oh, well, I don't know if I'd call it that. She mothers. I'm going to call it mothering. I mother. And yeah. that And that's cause like things like that appointment. You yes. know, I'll, I'll see things that'll come across my email because of different shared things. And you're like, what, what's going on here? He's 22. Okay. What's happening? I will say I was one time I was cutting up Lane's steak and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I was cutting my own steak up at like eight. And I'm like, right, right. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Here, Lane, here's your knife mm-hmm. and here's your fork. Start full disclosure. Your steak. Full disclosure. I have my wife cut my steak, but that's just because she does such a great job. Uh-huh. You know. Dude, dude likes it when I make him sandwiches because they're made with love. Oh my gosh, my wife has got to hear this. Do you say that too? That's exactly what I say. He was like, "Can't you make me a sandwich because it is made with love?" And a- I'm like, "Absolutely." You make them the same way I do. She says the same thing, <laughs> and her name's Lori, which is also weird. That's and yeah. I'm a cool dude. That's not my name, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's exactly what I tell her. I said, "This I go way next level because I'm like, no, no." She's like, "You got feet," and I said, "I know, but when I make it, I make it with disdain and hatred, and I taste it." Yeah. And it's terrible. And you make it with love and exactly. it's so delicious. It's so amazing. Yeah. That's so freaking awesome. I want to text her like right now in the middle of our podcast just so she can hear that, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Um that's man. I'm just kind of gonna soak in that moment because there are other people like me. <laughs> Lori, when you listen to this, not you, Lori, but my Lori, when you listen to this, see, this is a real thing. And you know what? It is a real thing. It really is. There is a lady at this church we've been uh we've been going to. Uh, sweetest lady in the world. Uh, my wife gave her like some uh, pecans or something for baking because she got them and we didn't, she didn't bake with them. 
So she gives them to us. We get this bread back, this uh, pumpkin, banana, nut Yum. bread, whatever it is. Oh, and it was. It's next level, right? Favorite part? Right on the top, made with love. Uh, yeah. And you can tell. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone to restaurants before. This is not a, this is a true story. I've gone to a restaurant before. It was so good. I asked if I could talk to the cook and I've never done this uh-huh. ever. And I came out and I said, you made this with love, didn't you? <laughs> I really hilarious. did. And they said, yes, I did. <laughs> As a matter yeah. of fact, I don't remember if it was a girl or boy, but yeah. 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 Anyway, I mean, make sandwiches with love. Yeah. My kids can text me from their bedroom and be like, what mm. do we have to eat? Mm. So how many kids do you have? Two. You have two and they still live with you? Yes. Okay. So my daughter was at Swasu last year, which is southwestern, southwestern in, Weth- right. in Weatherford. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And so she was there and then COVID hit. Mm. And so they're like, uh, you have one hour to move home, one hour to get your stuff out. For real? And you can bring one person. And she's on the third floor, no elevator. Wow. So needless to say, dude went on me. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it was Lane's senior year. And so he missed tennis and he goes to Carl Albert and he missed tennis and, um, graduation and all that but mm. i think he's okay with it yeah i think i was probably more sad is than he him the, he's the younger obviously mm-hmm. yeah so my yeah my my middle son now but he was younger uh-huh. son for 10 years <laughs> yeah he uh yeah he he did not want to go to graduation he they were all done with stuff before covid but um it was getting really bad you know they had limited tickets and i was trying to get out of going to graduation too because i hate graduations and uh and i'm telling my wife i'm like hey i, I don't know when i just stay home and you guys can go. <laughs> was she like, nope. Oh, yeah. She, there's no way that was going to happen. Well, we're why? We're the last ones. Uh, yeah. You have to sit there through everybody. That's brutal. And it, it's, it was pretty. I will say that Lacey's went pretty quick. Yeah. Well, these didn't. Well, was Lacey's at Carl Albert, too? It, she graduated from Carl Albert. It was at the Cox Convention. Yeah. Center, I was but yeah. Say. Wow. Yeah, ours was held. There was some, uh, I don't know, a flood or something. So ours was out in Shawnee. And, oh, okay. Did your kids go uh, to Carl Albert? No, they were Choctaw. Okay. I didn't bring it up because, you know, there's somewhat of a rivalry there, but <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. It's okay. Uh, did, where did you graduate from Moore? I graduated from Moore Christian. Okay. That's and right. That's dude right. went to Dell City, and then halfway through his junior year, his mom put him in hmm. um, Moore Christian. Gotcha. And that's how we met. Oh, there you go. So I feel like that's definitely a God thing. Yeah. You know, what are the chances of a Dell City person going to more Christian? His older brother went there and graduated from there. So gotcha. Dude's family is amazing. Yeah. I definitely lucked in when I married into the family. That's kind of how I was. Yeah. My wife's family is amazing. Yeah. And I was an only child too. Really? Weird though. I have a sister, but I'm an only child. Lots of weird stuff, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, when I was six, my mom had to give up a baby for adoption. So I was cognizant of her being pregnant and all this other stuff. So she gave that baby up. And then in 2008, my sister found us, um, which has been awesome because I got to meet my sister. So it's weird because I am an only child with a sibling. Right. So everything that goes along with being an only child is relevant. Right. So she's in your life now. Yes. Okay, great. She lives in Florida now. She grew up in uh, on Long Island in New York. She have a good life? Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, by and large, you know, right. like anybody. Right, right. <laughs> What's can, normal? You can nitpick, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but she's awesome. I love my sister. Uh, it was weird getting to know her, though. I will say that because uh, I've described this to people as it's like if you have gears inside your guts, uh-huh. you know, and there's a gear that just was never turned on. It's the sibling gear. Right. So, like, when I when I talk to her for the first time, it's like you felt the gear start to move. So I always call it, it's new, but it's familiar. Like, it's part of me, right? but it's brand new. And it was weird. I was 32, 33, and she was 26 when we met. And so, like, it was odd because I was trying to reconcile love. Right. You know, I'm like, here's my wife. And I'm talking to her. She's got a brother. So I'm like, I need help with this. Because <laughs> I process I, this. Huh? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, I love her. And that feels wrong because she's a 26-year-old girl. But it's, That I don't know. That I don't know. Right. It's like, I don't understand what the... That's ah, weird. Anyway, I came to terms with that because, you know, it. I figured out what sibling love is. Right. You know. And your mom was alive and got to meet her? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, so my wife and I went to go meet her first. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then like three months later, I took my mom to New York to meet her. And uh, that was crazy, man. That's crazy. super fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was wild. 
is really, uh, it's a unique experience. I feel like I've had a lot of those in my life, but it was a very unique experience. And uh, uh, it's been helpful. I've talked with a lot of people who've gone through the, a similar experience as adults, finding mm-hmm. out they have brothers or sisters. And so it's been very helpful to be able to just kind of counsel with them and and let them know, hey, like I get it, you know. Right. So right. it's pretty crazy. Uh, uh, do you have any more questions? For, I'm just thinking we're just turning this into to about no, me at this point. I think it's super interesting. <laughs> I mean, it probably would be super overwhelming at first going, huh? But yeah. you knew. Yeah, exactly. You always knew. Yeah, it was weird because I was growing up, um, you know, as a worship leader, uh, as soon as I got saved at 16, I, I not as soon as, but pretty soon, and I got in uh, as a worship leader, and I would, like, do worship at youth camps, and I would think she could be a youth here, you know, wow. like yeah. never knowing. Cause I had no idea where she was at that point. We right. didn't know she was in New York till she found us, you know? So like, it was just a weird thing. We celebrated her birthday every year. Mm-hmm. And so, and it was never, when we celebrated it, it was really more somber. Like, Oh, today your sister turns, you know, whatever. Right. And you're like, uh, <laughs> it's just kind of down. Cause you know, and, and there's nothing I can do about it. And and my mom, I mean, she regretted it for right. her whole life, you know. Right. Um, so it's all, she has a great relationship with her today, too. Good. Yeah. So all of it's, I mean, it's about the best case scenario, Good. honestly. In fact, they have, I mean, they talk way more than her and I do now. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's pretty much on the daily. In yeah. fact, she talks to my mom more than I talk to my mom. Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> but she knows I'm busy. She right. tells me. <laughs> And I also figured this out because I would feel really guilty about not, not calling my mom. And I'm like, wait a minute. My two boys never call me or Lori. So that's just how you do call it. me. Do they? Mm-hmm. Well, when they move out, you think they're going to do it? I hope so. Well. Oh, gosh. I hope so. The Your daughter probably will. Your son probably won't. He'll call me. Hey, could you fill out this right. form for me? It'll be Can need-based you? calls. Yeah. <laughs> When my, my oldest son comes to the house, uh-huh. I assume he's here to eat. <laughs> I mean, I assume that. It's funny. I said assume and Siri popped up on my computer. Oh. That's weird. She's very intrusive. She's like, you know what happens when you assume. Exactly. So let's get back to you, okay. Lori. Okay. So so this is good practice for you. So uh, one of the reasons we have you on the podcast is you are launching a podcast on the network with your friend. Stephanie Matthews, right? Yes. So tell me about that. So I'll kind of tell you, I, I know Stephanie, I will, I will probably talk about this on our Yeah, because we're going to have, well, yeah. we're going to have Stephanie on here. Uh, it'll be in an episode or two later. So, right. Yeah. Um, so Stephanie and I met at More Christian Academy. Mm. So we met at More Christian Academy and, you know, and then my senior year, it closed down and I had to go to Grace Christian. So Stephanie's mom would bring her to my house and then we would ride together and go get some other of our friends and then go to school, and then come home. Like, we were wow. just the four of us. It was pretty fun. And so, Stephanie and I went on a ski trip together, and so we kind of, you know, I we always kept in touch, but not, a, like, real close. And so, we started going to a church she used to go to. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I just had text her, and I just said, you know, hey, we've been started going here, you know give me some you know what's going on and so she talked to me and then she was like you know what we really want to you know I think we're gonna visit so I said oh yes do so she comes down the nursery hall and she said she said something about Rachel Mm. and I said oh my goodness I said I love her podcast I said I hope she asked me to be a guest on her show (laughs) and she said do you want to do a podcast and I'm like I do that's awesome I do want to do a podcast she goes okay you pray about it I'll pray about it and we'll get back together I'm like okay I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, even right now, it's to me, you know, you and I, we've met one other time. Right. Right. Exchanged a couple texts, but we met one other time and that was when you wanted to talk about doing a podcast. For me, I love this because I genuinely am just trying to get to know who you are right. and what drives you. And and that's my favorite part. I, you know, I found myself before I started doing podcasting, we, you know, worked at a church and, and so, and I have my whole life, right? So I have probably heard more good content and it's 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 beyond it's not a sermon at all you could never call it that right but to me this is really what the church is all about because it's community Mm -hmm. and fellowship and and conversation that scripture where iron sharpens iron right that doesn't come out of listening to a person talk right it comes out of a conversation and relationship relationships and so um 
I'm, I've been able to, and I think this is one reason why podcasts right now are blowing up. I don't know if you knew this, but, um, I think I told you guys when you came and visited the stats on podcasting at the time, it was like 750,000 podcasts. That number doubled wow. in 2020, more than doubled. It's at 1.8 million. Wow. More than doubled. Yeah. And so part of the reason for that is, and, and here's the funny thing. Everyone says, well, I'm not sure what the format's going to be. And I'm like, yeah, you are. What do you mean? You're going to talk with somebody. Right. Right. <laughs> That's the format. You're just going to talk. You're going to talk. And, um, you know, I was at a meeting yesterday and we were, um, it was a long meeting, but, uh, with different parts, but we were at lunch at this point and, and we were kind of talking about, there's three of us talking and two guys that were observing, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were contributing, but they were more listening because of the, the, the topics. Right. And so, uh, you know, we kind of made that point. Those two guys were listening. They were, I wouldn't say, I don't think they were enthralled because we were talking a lot of technical things, uh-huh. but, <laughs> but they're paying attention and listening and they're learning. You learn so much more when you two people are having a conversation, right? Because if I have a, if I have a question as a listener, there's a good chance that the person that's being that's in the conversation is going to ask that question. Right. So true. Yeah. And if they didn't, it's like, oh, I never thought of that. That's a good question. Right. So right. it's a win win. And that's why there's press conferences. Right. <laughs> right. Right. What's you know, what are you going to do, Biden, about this? Well, I don't know. Or right. whatever he's going to say. Right. That's not a political statement. If you want that, you can listen to Scatter Shooting on the String Base Network. Uh, <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah. And that's why we've decided to call our podcast Better Together. Yeah. Because, I mean everybody's better together two yeah. are better than one right you know you're stronger together you're funnier together you're i mean it's like peanut butter and jelly and milk and cookies it's better together right or lamb and tuna fish right Oof, yeah no it's the good stuff um all right so you guys are going to do this podcast we're launching pretty soon hopefully within i would think within a month no question um i say that to be safe for sure but i'm certain we hey will. my goal was april 1st so i feel like oh. okay there we go. We're yeah. meeting it. Should, yeah, that should be easy. Um, so let's go back. I want to okay. get, come back. Tell me about uh, when your dad passed away. What what that do for you? Um, I think it kind of made me a little sad. You yeah, know, be, sure. well, because you're so young. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your friends are young and they don't know what to say to you. Right. You know, so it's like. Ignore, mm. you know, instead of saying, hey, you know here's a card or you need anything or, you know, so you kind of, now I really am in tune with it because, you know, if one of my friend's parents die or siblings or something like that, I'm like, okay, I need to go to the funeral because you know, who's there. Yeah. You know, you know, who's there when you're, you know, even now my mom passed away in January of last year, just before COVID. And it was like, Oh, the weather's terrible. Nobody's going to come. And people showed up and as bad as it sounds to say it was a lovely funeral, mm-hmm. I thought her funeral was amazing. Yeah. Hmm. So. So it puts you in a place where um, did did it increase even that much more that responsibility? In your, I mean, I mean, we are kind of already talked about that, but did that wane over time? I mean, your mom, like you said, just passed away recently. Right. So how did that look over time? So let's see. After my dad passed away, Lois moved in, and then. Um, then Lois graduated, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. So then my mom lived by herself, and which is never good. Mm. The neighbors had a garage sale, and I had given her money, and she had spent $100 at a garage sale. Who spends $100 at a garage sale? It's a let's bunch not, of junk. Let's not talk about who spends $100 uh, at a garage sale. Not me, but my family members. Oh, gosh. It's a lot. <laughs> so, you know, she had called Adult Protective Services on me, and I mean, it was just not good, because when she didn't take her medication... It would get off, and then she would get off. Mm-hmm. So we moved her into assisted living center up on North May, and um, she lived there for quite a while. She ended up getting Parkinson's, mm. so she would fall, and then they would call me in the middle of the night saying, your mom falled, can you come to the hospital? My husband, was dude, was a fireman. Mm. I've got two kids. I'm a, you know by myself. I, I cannot. I can't, and I don't have anybody to help me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so, you know. Can I pay somebody to go up there with her? You know, who's coming off duty mm-hmm. that I can pay? Yeah. And so, um, so she kept falling. And then my friend, so I have a, so I have a friend and she's um, a director of a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And so I told dude, I said, we're going to have to do more care. And he goes, you're going to hate a nursing home. Because he had been in all nursing homes being a fireman. And he's like, you're going to hate them. And I was like, 
we don't have a choice. So I had to go to DHS, file the paperwork to get her on DHS because the assisted living center was private pay, which mm. my dad was a postman and my mom never worked. So the income was very minimal. Yeah. And so dude and I would just supplement that amount. Um, and so we moved her to a nursing home and I walked in and it was amazing. Hmm. Super clean. It was in Shawnee. Super clean. Amazing. Then my friend says, I'm leaving. I'm like, what? You can't leave. So at this point, they had let my mom's leg get infected. Mm. So she had to have her leg amputated. Wow. And then, so I moved her to Midwest City, which is, Midwest City is, it was rough. Yeah. It was not what I was used to. Mm-hmm. But the care she got was amazing. Wow. They loved her. I mean, when she's on her medicine, she's good. Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to, because, you know, 30 years ago, mental illness was not oh, as yeah. prevalent as it is now. And finally, somebody said, she has a chemical imbalance. Right. It's in her brain. If she had it's not her, cancer, it's a thing. Right. you would go see a doctor <clears throat> and you would tell people, yeah. it's, it's okay. And I'm like, it is okay. It's yeah. okay. Absolutely. So... We moved her to Midwest City. Um, her leg didn't heal, so she had to have more amputated, and then she had to have the other one amputated. Oh, my goodness. So, but she, when she was in the nursing home on her meds, precious, mm. precious, just like so sweet, so sweet. Mm. Um, and every time we'd go, she would tell my daughter, I love your hair. I'm thinking, well, she hasn't <laughs> washed it, but she, she, she might not like my hair, but she always loved Lacey's hair. She loved Lacey. <laughs> And so, um, and then she had passed away. They had called us and said, you have about three weeks. So finally with the last amputation, we put her on hospice. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't know she was going to die, but we knew her condition was not going to improve. Right. So we put her on hospice and the hospice nurses came five times a week. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And they kept touch with me. And, um, then they called me and they said, you've got about three weeks left. And I said, okay, we've scheduled a trip to Las Vegas. Dude was going through celebrant training, mm. which is like celebration of life because mm. he's retired from the fire department and he's a chaplain. And so he was going to go through that training. I said, do I need to cancel? And she said, no, I don't think you do. Mm. I said, because if I do, I will. So, you know, Lacey had said, mom, what do I need to do if something happens to Nana? You know, so this puts a lot of responsibility on her, right? not necessarily on Lane, but on her because she's thinking, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And so um, I said, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. The next day, they said, you have hours. Wow. Come up here. Wow. So we went up there. My cousin and aunt came, and she kind of rallied. Hmm. So I said, okay. They said, we're going to take her off hospice 24-hour care, and if she gets worse, we'll call you. Go home, sleep. We'll call you. So I go back up to the nursing center about 9 the next morning. Nobody had called. The nurse is there. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? And she said, she took a turn for the worse. Did they not call you? Oh, wow. And I said, No. And so we had just got there and Lacey looks over and she was like, mom, I don't think she's breathing now. And so we had just got there. Hmm. And so I'm like, I think she was waiting for us. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But she had passed away right before COVID. I'm thinking, I can imagine her being in a nursing home. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm her only person. Right. Right. Like I was the mom. She was the daughter. Like I can imagine what people have gone through. I want to go back to that. So you, okay. we've already talked about the fact that you're an only child, yes. that you grew up fast. You said something when the hospital called, mm-hmm. your husband was a fireman. Yes. You had the two kids and you said, I don't have anybody. Yeah. So I've been working with pastors because I think pastors do this a lot. I've been working with several pastors about uh, and working with them on this idea that they have to do everything. Right. Now, this is coming from... I'm not even going to say a recovered codependent workaholic. Right. <laughs> but but somebody's aware of that. So how, when you say a statement like that, you know that's not true. It's it's definitely I, not true. I only know it's that's not true. It's definitely not true. Just if nothing else, because I know Stephanie and that's it. Right, right. <laughs> right. I mean, I could have called somebody, yeah. but I mean, I didn't want to inconvenience them because I feel right. like it's my job. Right. So how much, so think, let's talk about that. And this is for the benefit of those listening. Right. So we're just going to pretend we do this perfect. Right. Okay. <laughs> but how important is it that we count on each other, even when we don't feel like we should count on somebody? Like we don't, it's like, I don't want to put them out. How, right. how often does that happen? Right. But, but, but man, how important is that? It's huge. Yeah. It's very important. 
It's how communities build. Yes. And I think I think that's the struggle so many times, especially for only children. Mm-hmm. I think we are independent people. Yes. And uh, that's where our relationships will struggle because there are other people who are one. It's so funny. People who are not independent, we're mad at, but we also need them. Right. I need <laughs> right. to do their stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And, and gripe about it the whole time. Right. Um, right. And then you have somebody who is independent and you're like, you're attracted to that sort of, but then you're like, well, you don't need me, so where's my value? Right. Well, I mean, kind of when the kids were getting older and, you know, I'm like, I don't think anybody needs me. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, they do. I'll just keep doing their stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh, I've got to quit. And this is the thing. This is what I want to speak to to you directly and to anybody else who's listening is that uh, need is something that I think we find appealing, but we don't really find appealing. Um, I've had people come up and say to me uh, as a worship leader, Hey, looks like you need a guitarist or, um, do you need a trombone player? Both, both things are bad. Need is not ever the word, you know, God doesn't need us at all. Right. Right. If I said to you, Lori, I need you to come to a podcast with me because, um, man, I just got nobody else. Will you come do this? You're going to be like, Oh, that's cool. You know, we'll come to a podcast. But if I did that like all the time, right, you'd begin to resent that, right. But if I said, "Hey, I've got tons of people. I just want you to come," then it makes you feel much more radically wanted. different, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's that need versus desire, right? And I think that that's key in in all of this is recognizing that while we rely on needs so often, desire is what we really crave, right? We want to be desired, and that's my favorite part. That's what God says to us, right? God says, "I don't need." I mean, did He need Moses? No. He wanted to use Moses. Right. He desired to use Moses. Right. He couldn't have used anybody. Right. I think that's cool. And I think that's what I love about this platform. And I love that you guys are going to do a podcast because I, I love that um, you're going to, you don't need to do a podcast. God desires you to do that because there are people who desire to hear you. That's right. Yeah. And hear what you have to say. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm super excited. That's going to be super cool. excited. Yeah. All right. So. <clears throat> Here we are today. We've bounced all around your life. What I want I want to ask you about your passion. What what is the thing you would say, man, I am just like super passionate about. Like this is this is what means the most to me. I love people. Mm. I love people. How's that manifest I love itself for you? Serving people. I love being around people. I like it, that's just what gets me going. Yeah. So what recharges my battery. I'm also a words of affirmation person. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a great job yeah. today. Thank you. Thank you. That was perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It's funny though. It's not. So I am too. So this is what I always tell people. Two, two sides to that coin, right? First off, don't say good job. Right. That's like the most trite, meaningless thing. Be specific. Right. Exactly. Be so specific I'd be like, Lori, on why they did Let me just tell job. you why you're doing a great job. This is an amazing thing because I'm asking you questions. You had no preparation. You were just, you're sitting there taking it like a champ. You're responding man that's that and you're like oh good thank you yeah <laughs> and then otherwise like hey good job right it's like what did i do a good job for <laughs> right but this is the the other side of that coin um for people who are really familiar with the love languages just always remember the opposite things have the biggest effects so if you're a words of affirmation person and you tell somebody god you're an idiot you've done a terrible job Right. You don't even need to know the why, but God knows if you find out the why, it's even worse. Right. It's like, oh my. It's like a nuclear bomb has gone off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's crazy. So yeah, that's, so you love people. Those were little nuggets for people who are listening. Yes. I love people. So what, so what are some of the ways in your life that's kind of come out and opportunities? Like how have you been able to uh, implement the love for people in your daily? So I think that. Um, currently we're starting a new small group. We did a small group and then COVID hit and then we stopped. And so we did a small group and actually it's kind of might be a little bit of a large group because we had quite a few people sign up, but that's a good thing. Yeah. That's a real good thing. So kind of, we're hoping they splinter off and, you know, start their new small group the next season. Yeah. And so that, and then we work with the, uh, we do the rock of ages at church. Tell me about that. Which, so it is the. Older, more seasoned. I hate to say older because I'm kind of getting there, but I hate to say older, but the more retired, the wiser group of the, the wiser group of the church. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly. So we do lunch with them once a month. Oh. And so we just bring in lunch and they sit there and I love them. They're precious and the they have so much ever? wisdom. I love them. Yes. 
Yes. That's growing up. My grandmother's brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and my grandmother mm-hmm. loved them. Always wanted to hang out. Yes. I don't even know why, really, other than just the stories. It, it goes back to talking, right? Yes. They, they tell stories. And my favorite thing that a seasoned, wise person does yes. is they start off and they say, you know, I was on this fishing trip with Jack Cartwright and he and I, and they start telling you a story and they say all these names that are meaningless to right. you. Right. Right. And and I, I had one guy used to say, it, he would start off with the words, you remember. <laughs> you remember Jack Cartwright? Uh, no. No. Actually, I've never met Jack. Don't know him. Uh, he died before I was born. And, <laughs> you know, but but yeah, the, the stories are amazing. So I play paintball a lot. And one of the guys that goes with me, his dad, he also plays. and His dad's 83. Wow. And he goes and he plays uh, paintball with us. But... I love going That's on impressive. trips. With him. Oh, it's it's awesome. And he I mean, he he doesn't get out and run. Right. You know. Right. But I mean, neither do I. Right. Right. <laughs> so I don't have to run. I right. will mosey and let the other guys get shot. But um but yeah, it's uh he's one of my favorite to listen to tell stories because he jumps in. It's funny, he's he's always kind of hanging out with us. Right. And uh me and his son will talk anybody's life away. Like it's it's not really. We can take a twelve-hour trip and have plenty to talk about after it's over. Never miss a beat. <laughs> That's right. You're like, wow, we're here. We it drove. So quick. How did we drive to Hawaii? That is an amazing <laughs> feat. Um, but yeah, so he'll be sitting in the back seat, mm-hmm. and then just in as random as can be, he'll just pop in with a story. It won't have anything necessarily to even do with what we're talking about, uh-huh. and it's not long. It's real brief, and it's like I love that. I, that is like if we were doing a sitcom. That yeah. would be his shtick, right? Right. Be, oh man, so so that age group is awesome. They're awesome. I love them. You know, it's funny. There's a the generation below us really has a difficult time for them. That's their, I guess, it's their grandparents slash great grandparents. But they in church, they're having a difficult time with that group because I think I think we're seeing this clash of um, forward thinking younger people and traditionalists. And we're Gen Xers, right, right? Right. So Gen Xers are kind of like, you know, we have we're we're I would say we're just so pretty easygoing, like for real, right? We're we're good with some, you know, moving forward. We're I can not, do traditional, or I can do right. We appreciate the tradition, but we really like the new stuff too. I mean, right. it's it's cool, right? But I think we're losing some of that, and it's weird to me because having a relationship with the generation that's two above me or one above me, mm-hmm. I guess whatever you want to do the gap. Um, I don't think they have that same connection. Right. And I, I'm curious as to why that is, because for me, I've always seen these cyclical moves, right? So you've got this grandparent, grandkid mindset. Grandparents spoil the grandkids. Therefore, the grandkids love the grandparents. Right. So I'm wondering, and, I, and then my theory is, uh, the baby boomers, they were fundamentally a much more selfish group which is why the Gen Xers just below them aren't. Right. Right. Because our parents were selfish and we didn't get a chance to be selfish. Right. But as selfish, they told us what we should be doing for our kids. Also, a lot of Gen Xers and actually millennials have waited so long to have kids that they've also crested into this grandparent vibe where everything's about the kids. And so there's not a balance right. to that. And so my, my theory is you've got a selfish group talking to a selfish group. And what happens with that? Right. You know, how can you have a great relationship there? Right. And so you see them interact in church and, and I feel like it's, yeah, it's just bad. Of course, I think the church in America, the Western church is just kind of fundamentally broken anyway. So that is a whole different can of worms. I was like, is that another podcast? It's an absolutely another podcast. Yeah. So if you guys want to jump on Spiritually Wounded, you can hear all about that. And it's not a church bashing. Right. It's not at all a church bashing. It's a what Christianity should be, and, and and it's how do we recover from spiritual wounds that aren't just church-based. Right. I mean, growing up, as you know, kids, there's virtually nobody that doesn't have something traumatic that's happened in their life as a child because um, trauma, is, trauma is not based on, um, you know, a scale of like this is severe and this is severe. It's that's all right. It's all individualized, right? That's right. Something major to me could be nothing to you and vice versa. Right. Exactly. In fact, we had a um, Brian Anderson was on the Spiritually Wounded. If you guys can check that out, he is a, a clinical psychotherapist. All those cool words. I don't know all the things, but he's got a lot of things. Initials after his name. Uh, a lot of them. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, 
Really great dude. In fact, he's working on a podcast that'll be on the network called Brain Jelly. Oh. It's a lot of fun. Um, and like I said, super dude. Um, but we were talking about the effects of COVID on small kids, not the disease, but the response to it. And, um, and he, you know, from a standpoint of trauma, it's the same chemical reaction in their brain that a child being abused would have when they are inundated with fear from the potentials of COVID and and personal fear. Here's what I find really amazing is that, you know, the odds of a child dying are next. I mean, it's not even on the list of things that are going to hurt a kid. Right. right? Um, I was talking to a girl at work and she said that her friends, niece and nephew have not even been into a store in a year. Yeah. I think it's super sad. Yeah. And it's super sad. And that's the thing he was talking about that, that trigger, right? The same chemical process in the brain that causes trauma is what's happening. And we're going to have, you know, I've, I've been of the uh, belief that we're going to have this generation called the COVID generation. And it's this group of people probably from the ages of five to 14 who have walked through the 2020, 2021 garbage. And it's going to affect their entire worldview forever. Yeah. In a negative way. Right. No question. Wow. Super sad. I was at Target and I saw like a two-year-old wearing a mask and I was just like, don't even know what that means. Like it's super sad. Yeah. My prediction is we're going to have a thing called mask lung. You know what? There's a trainer that I used to work with and he agreed. Really? He said that definitely the masks are causing like... Da- will cause damage to the lungs. That's what I, my thinking is this, you're breathing in particles that were never meant to be breathed in. Yeah. Like over and over little, and this is, this will be a weird thing, but I think about lint, mm-hmm. right? That you find on your person that is like from your socks right. or your shirt or whatever. And you're like, well, okay, that same thing exists on a mask that's cloth and it's going to, I'm going to breathe it in and it's going to accumulate lint in my lungs. That cannot be good. Right. Well, and I'm not real good about, well, I wear the throwaway mask anyways. And so I was in my purse this morning and I was like, "Mm, that looks a little dirty. So (laughs) I'm sure nobody's washing them. I mean, I'm sure there's some that are washing them every single time and have plethoras of them. Right. Yeah. I was like, "Uh, time to get a new one at Target when I go. Right. They give them to you. They give you like nice ones or just the throwaway? No, just the throwaway. But they're like, ma'am, do you need a mask? I'm like, yes, I do. (laughs) <laughs> you just take it and put it in your purse. What do they say? Do you put it on or do you just put it in your purse? Mm. Okay. <laughs> I won't incriminate I don't want to get anybody mad at me. <laughs> exactly. So you wear it. That's cool. Yeah. Good job. Right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got, uh, well, we've got as much time as we want, but I'm going to give you a chance right now. If there's something that you want, just, to, just assume I have a platform of 200,000 listeners. Oh gosh. Why would you do this to me? Yeah, I haven't I'm even done kidding. it yet. <laughs> I haven't even done it. If okay, we assume, sorry, you can say I'll I'll just pretend you said that. Okay. To comment. So two hundred thousand listeners, and it's like you know what? This is my chance to speak to those two hundred thousand people. I want to tell them something that that you want them to know that is true and absolute. And uh, yeah, go for it. What do you want to say? Okay, I would say offer people grace. Don't be judgmental. You don't know what people are going through. I mean, everybody has a story to tell. Even if they cut me off in traffic. Yes, even if they don't. Now, I do get a little cranky at that time. Somebody threw a, threw a Sprite on my car one time because she knew the lane was ending. She should have got wait, wait, me. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on. We're not my ending yet. My husband's like, please don't get we're, us killed. I'm no, like, uh-uh. I am not letting her she over. She threw like a can. A co- After what? I just said have grace. Yeah, I, know, I cannot right? tell this story. <laughs> no, it's even better. We'll come back. We'll, we'll, okay. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to edit this. I okay. will not. But okay. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So what? Someone so, threw a can or I'm on 29th in Midwest City. You know where it like would narrow yeah. by like uh, Midwest Boulevard? Yeah, yeah. There were signs she knew to get over. She did not. And so I just kept going and I did not let her over, which is not the Christ-like thing to do, but I did it anyways. And so she's honking and I'm like, not even making eye contact. And my husband's like, this is not worth this. Do not get us killed, please. I'm like, she isn't getting over. I'm not letting her over. (laughs) She rolls down her window, throws her drink out at my car. Wow. Yeah. Then she sure isn't getting over. So you... So you said it was a Sprite. So here's my question. Well, I don't know. I mean, it was clear. Okay. It was sticky and clear. <laughs> okay. I was like, did you see the bottle or did you taste it? That's what I want to know. Neither. <laughs> neither. I saw it was clear. Okay. And sticky. So 
have grace. Go so ahead and let's pick it up there. have grace and love everyone. <laughs> and if you get cut off in traffic, it's okay. It's okay. You can wash your car. And so your your object lesson there is people need to have grace for you. That's right. Being upset and that's right. And you have yeah. That's makes right. Sense. I was reading in this. Have you ever read Drawn the Cir- Draw the Circle by no, Mark Batterson? I have not. Okay, it's super good. So this morning I was reading and I thought this is so good. So I'm just going to read a little thing. Yeah. Um, it's talking about prayer. It's a 40 day prayer journal, and so it's like if you establish a routine prayer routine. A, if you establish a prayer routine, your life will be anything but routine. You will go places, do things, and meet people you have no business doing so or meeting so. All you have to do is seek God, and if you seek God, opportunity will seek you. That's cool. And I thought, that's super That's super good. It's the simplicity of it all, isn't it? Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, people ask me questions about stuff in my life because, like I said, a lot of weird things in my life. Right. Um, and I say weird. I just mean, like, what... Most people would describe a once in a lifetime circumstances, just a bunch of those. And it's, it's really, I think I attribute it more anything to just exactly what that says. Right. When you, when you're just trying to do what the Lord wants you to do, man, there's things that you're going to end up doing that just don't make any sense. Right. You know, I remember being, um, my mom would, would call me and I would tell her where she's like, what are you doing? And I would tell her and she was like, I'm never, I just have got to never be surprised about your answer. Because it's just crazy. Like the one that's so specific that I always remember, it's where she said that comment. Uh-huh. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm sailing. Oh. She's like, where are you? Oh, I'm in Oklahoma. Lake Hefner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, she goes, oh. And one time she called and I was in another state and she didn't know it. You know, it's, it's, it's just things like that. Uh, what are you doing? Um, at a wedding in Chicago. Really? Yeah. So, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like, okay. But even apart from that, you know, just, you know, running sound for different people or whatever it's been. And, uh, and I do, I look at it and, and I always tell people it's not, it really has nothing to do with me. I'm not anything special. I, I simply just, I say yes a lot. And I that's yes part of lot. it. Yeah. Yeah. I um, too. and I, way before Russell Westbrook was saying, why not? I was saying, why not? So he got that from me. <laughs> I don't know that he got it from me, but he could have. Right. We'll say that. I'm sure he did. Well, Lori, I'm excited about you guys doing your podcast. Uh, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And uh, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, and even if you didn't, it doesn't really matter, go over to StreamGrace.com and you can check out more podcasts by all of our contributors. Uh, network's growing all the time. And if you are a business and you'd like to sponsor or, in, or have one of our folks endorse your product or service, you can reach out to us at info at streamgrace.com and we will get you hooked up. All right. Well, have a good one. God bless you guys. And we will see you next time.